Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good day and uh, welcome to Law Technology Now, our December issue. And uh, we have a fabulous guest today, Joe Harif. But of course, before I do anything, I get to gloat for a few minutes about the world champion New York Yankees. They did it, didn't they? All of New York is very happy. So uh, for those of you who are regular listeners, you 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 know that uh, we love baseball in New York City. But I've gloated enough. It's time to talk to our wonderful guest. And Joe Haraf has been on my edit board, I think, since the day I established it uh, when I came to Law Technology News in 1998. And she is the former CIO of Morrison and Forster and has recently retired from that spot and is now a consultant. And she's going to tell us all about that. And she's not only a co-author of a brand new book from Thomson Reuters, but she has written a fabulous article in our December issue called Align Your Agendas about how to mesh your IT strategies with management goals. And uh, Joe, you will notice, is in the December issue, as is Douglas Cadell. And that was on purpose because both of them are co-authors of the new book. So, Joe, let me turn the mic to you and tell our readers a little bit about what you've been up to in the last uh, couple of years. Oh, sure. I'm happy to, Monica. So, um, I was at Morrison and Forrester for about 10 years and had a, a wonderful run there. It's, it's a great organization, and I had the opportunity to expand my portfolio there beyond the IT world to include conflicts and records docket, and the library. And I also had an opportunity to work with Ozben and Ram in the knowledge management area, which was also a lot of fun. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but the time came that I wanted to try a few other things after a decade of being at MoFo. So I left MoFo with the intention of doing a little consulting, um, working on the book that you were kind enough to mention from Thomson Reuters, Achieving Excellence in Legal Technology Management. Um, and work on my own book, um, Business Dogma, Be Top Dog in Your Office, which is the offshoot of some presentations I had the chance to do at ILTA. So that was great, but I, I joke that my retirement was actually a long weekend because I left MoFo on a Friday, and I started working with LexisNexis on the following Tuesday as what they call a customer advocate or a customer in residence representing CIOs and librarians. And that has been quite exciting because Alexis is in the process of reinventing legal research, and I have an opportunity to be on the ground floor of it and see how it works from the inside out, and it has been great. Tell us a little bit about what you do as a consultant with them right now, and is that your only consultancy at the moment, or are you dealing with some other folks as well? Uh, early on, I had the opportunity to work with some of the Silicon Valley and Bay Area law firms, helping them with staff engagement, project management, some, some things along those areas. But frankly, Lexus has me working pretty much full-time, so they are my primary consultant at this time. Well, I'm not surprised, and they're very lucky to have you. Uh, very briefly, what kinds of things are you doing for them? You mentioned a couple of them. Well, what I'm doing is I am a liaison with their customers, so I spend much of my day talking to CIOs, librarians, and knowledge management professionals showing them new potential products, and basically trying to find out their pain points, because Lexus would like to make their pain points go away. 
Sounds great. And because you're totally agnostic, your book is for from uh, Thomson Reuter. Tell our listeners a little bit about the new book. Well, the book was very fun. Um, Nancy Karen is the editor of this particular volume, and I had the opportunity to be one of the authors who came together um, contributing chapters. As you said, Doug Cadell contributed two chapters, as did I, and Wayne Bowman, Larry Liss, and Randy Mays from ILTA also contributed chapters. I had an opportunity recently to just sort of read it from front to back, and uh, first of all, I thought it offers a tremendous amount of wisdom, but I was very impressed that it, it comes down basically to three themes. We all talk about it in different ways and bring different approaches, but the three themes, the first one is two-way, 360-degree communication, that you as the CIO have to talk, obviously, to IT, but to your attorneys and to the administrative departments and to your firm management. And based upon the feedback that you get from them, you take that customer-directed information and you make improvements and innovations in the way that you put things together. And those two processes of communication and innovation bring you to alignment. So it was really interesting that we all address that from different points of view, but those are basically the themes that come up, that you need communication, you need continuous improvement, and those two bring together alignment. Now, when you talk about alignment, that's the perfect segue into uh, a little discussion about your story in the December issue of LTN. And it's called Align Your Agendas, Meshing IT Strategies with Management Goals. Uh, we've been covering a lot of issues over the last year in LTN on how CIO leaders are coping with the economy. And we've had folks like George Radoy and uh, Doug and other experts talking about the various tactics they've used as as the firms are going through such a transformation and in many cases completely rethinking the role of IT and how they, not just IT, but the whole firm and how how the firm is going to look to, you know, the cliche is better, faster, cheaper legal services. Everyone is looking for that holy grail. And I was very impressed when you and I chatted, which led to this article, about the idea of, as an IT leader, how do you get your agenda so that it meshes and aligns with the overall firm agenda? And that was the theme of your article. So um, you talk about creating an IT portfolio. What do you mean by creating an IT portfolio? Well, when I was at speaking at ILTA on this topic last August, um, I asked how many of the CIOs and IT managers in the room had an IT portfolio. And of the approximately 100 people in the room, only one or two hands were raised. But when I asked them, who has a list of all the IT projects that you're working on, every single hand in the room went up. So an IT portfolio is just a fancy way of saying your IT project list. And everyone has them. They may be fancy. They may be informal. But everyone knows what's going on in their department. So the the process of getting aligned is to start with that documented list. And we're going to talk about it specifically what should be in the list and how to do it. Let's go through your handy roadmap here. And the first thing you talk about is the key elements. The first one is the what. Now, tell us what you mean by the what. Well, you need to describe the project and you need to describe it in in an English way. You can't indicate that you're going to align an SP2 so that you can, I don't know, realign the phase inverter coils. 
you have to have something that makes sense. So you, in English, you list the project name, and you give it an English description, and you put down the priority, and you get first swag at putting that priority down. Now you've got something you can talk to people about because it's in their language. And then? And then the you take it and you go on to the stakeholders. And you've got really three stakeholders here. You've got the project manager who's actually going to be making that project happen. You've got the team lead, so the technical team who's going to be working on it. And you've got management. You've got the person who's going to be actually sponsoring that. It could be a practicing attorney side, the head of a particular practice group, or perhaps it's an administrative department who's going to be sponsoring that project. And then the next category is the how. Well, yes, you definitely have to have the money in order to get things done, and you have to have the time. So it's important to budget, and I know people are sometimes uncomfortable with that, particularly when they're budgeting their people's time, but I would encourage them to try it. And you may be wildly off the first time, which will be slightly less wildly off the second time. And by the 10th or 12th time, you're going to be in a pretty good position to budget what you're going to take in money and in time. And you track it during the project and do that comparison. It will increase your credibility with management when you can say, look, we've done these kinds of projects before. Yes, this one's a little different, but I know this is going to take me $100,000, and I know this is going to take me four months. And here's the history of what we've done before. That kind of concrete information gets you respect when you go to management and propose another project. And then the next step is the when. Well, the when is the dates, and the dates tend to get fluid because we all know that you're working on many projects, but if operational issues come up or other firm priorities arise, those projects are going to drift a bit. So it's important to have your original date, and it's important to forecast when you think the project will be done but also record that actual date. That information will help you when you go back to management and say, you know, I told you this was going to take four weeks, but remember you decided to open another office in Poughkeepsie, and I had to go set that up. That distracted the team who was working on this. That's why our actual date is later than the forecasted date. But we're building a database of information here, not a huge database, and nobody needs to work too hard on this. But you basically at this point have defined what is my project, Who am I doing it for? How much is it going to take? And how long is that going to take? So when you have all those facts together, you start to build a a real good resource for future forecasting. In fact, I hear uh, CIOs that I speak with through Lexis bemoaning, they wish they had this level of information on the practice of law cases, the work that the attorneys are doing, because the firms want to be able to better budget their projects, their cases that they work on. And you're going to have better information than your attorneys might have. I think you're probably right on that. And the fifth and final one is the status. What do you mean by the status? Well, I think all of your projects have to start out with a proposed status. Everything doesn't have to happen simultaneously. You'll build up a lovely little backlog, no one's ever bored in IT, of proposed projects. And then working with management, you will move things from proposed to active And don't be shy about putting them on hold. If something has come up, you know, that office in Poughkeepsie, you're going to have to put other projects on hold while you work on that. And keep that information in front of management, what's active, what's proposed, and what's on hold. Well, we're talking with Joe Harriff, and we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, now that we've shown you the five parts, how to execute them. 
Don't miss out on the latest in new media marketing opportunities for your firm. Contact Deb Curran at 781-551-9960 and learn all about the Web 2.0 revolution. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. And we are back. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. And my guest today is Joe Harif, who is the former CIO of Morrison Forster and now a consultant who's primarily uh, doing work with LexisNexis. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Monica. It's a pleasure. Now, we talked about the five stages, and now we want to get a little bit into the nitty-gritty of what I would call the corporate politics of getting this done. And you have some great advice about how to get buy-in and how to um, make sure that the folks who are stakeholders get on the train. So tell us a little bit about the tricks of your trade and how you're able to do this. Well, I've struggled with a lot of ways to do project status reporting, and there are a lot of very good systems out there, but I found they had a lot of overhead to them, and it was overhead that my team didn't want to fill out, and frankly, I agreed with them. They didn't need to maintain that level of detail. So I ended up with a very simple SharePoint site that listed all of the key five items that we just talked about, but what am I going to do? Who's doing it? Who am I doing it for? How much money? How much time? And what's the status? And we insisted that it be updated every day. In fact, it was Monday close of business because it was reviewed Tuesday morning with the IT management team. And with that very updated information, we were able to go out on a regular basis and talk to all of our primary sponsors. We would sort the document so that it would see their projects on top but they would see all of the other projects on the list also. That way they knew that although they would like to think you were they were your only customer, that you are really serving many customers within the firm and things have to be balanced. Now, when you say sponsors, I assume you're talking about, for example, perhaps the practice area chair who might have a project needed or someone else in the firm. By sponsors, I assume you mean, the. I, I guess another word would be stakeholder in, in for a particular project? Yeah, absolutely, Monica. Okay. Um, projects should all have a sponsor or stakeholder. It, it may sometimes be the CIO if you are doing an, a server upgrade or something like that. But even in those cases, I tried to get someone, say, the head of the Technology Strategy Committee to be the sponsor. So, yes, the sponsor gets a report of everything you're doing for them, which also shows everything you're doing for other people in the organization. So they have a perspective of, you know, there are 40 projects in play and there are three of them. So they know that they don't have 100% of your resources. It also shines a spotlight on other things that are going on in the firm. And sometimes I found people uh, learned about projects in the organization through my report that were important to them, that their group should have been involved in. So the bottom line, Joe, is that by creating a structure, having regular structured uh, dates every week or where you are updating it, having the ability to sort the report so that you can play to the interests of each individual and yet they see the whole big picture, by the time you get done talking to the 20 stakeholders or 40 or 50, 
the document itself almost gets, as you would put it, aligned. And by the time you're, you, you know, as you go through that process, am I correct in understanding that that you're probably going to be very much closer to the overall arc of the firm's goals because you've you've been able to have the feedback and input of all those folks and gotten them aligned with your goals. Am I reading that right? You're absolutely right, Monica. The The more you show people the list of things you're working on, the more feedback you get. Now, all feedback is not created equal, so you'll be paying a little more attention to the feedback from the firm management. But everyone's feedback is helpful, and everyone's feedback helps you align with what their organiz- their bit of the organization is doing, their practice group is doing, and then finally what the whole firm is doing. The, the end game is no surprises. Everybody knows what the priorities are and what's going to happen first. Well, you can see why Joe is so well-regarded in our wonderful legal technology community. Um, and I know how grateful we all are to you for the time, Joe, that you put in at ILTA, the wonderful articles you've written for us over the years at, for LTN, and I hope you will continue to write for us. And I recommend everybody take a look. The article is called Align Your Agendas, Meshing IT Strategies with Management Goals. It's a wonderful um, pairing with Douglas Cadell's cover story on Choose Your Path, and it's in the December issue of Law Technology News. And at this point of our broadcast, I need to do a lot of thanking, first and foremost, to the lovely Joe. Joe, if someone wanted to reach you, how can they best uh, get a hold of you? Probably the best thing, Monica, is to go to my website, and that's www.harifconsulting.com, and let me spell Harif for you, H-A-R-A-F, like in Frank, so that's www.harrisconsulting.com and they can get contact information for me there. Terrific. And if you can't find it, you can email me at lawtech at alm.com and I'll get it for you. I want to remind everyone that you can listen to Law Technology Now on the Legal Talk Network at www.legaltalknetwork.com at our site at law.com which is www.lawtechnologynow.com And in the iTunes podcast library, I'm also really excited to let you all know that we have just launched our brand new website. It's the upgradedlawtechnologynews.com. We have merged the old LTN site with the law.com technology site. And Sean Doherty and I are putting it together and we're very excited about it. Please check it out. It's a work in progress and every day it's getting better and better and better. And I want to give out my shout outs as always to Law.com's Jill Winward and David Jasper, to the team at Legal Talk Network, which includes the fabulous Luann Reeb, Scott Hess, Mike Hockman, and Kate Kenny. And remember, as always, there's no crying in baseball or technology. And congrats to the 27th world champion, New York Yankees. We'll see you next time. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.